Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. J.T. DeBolts with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning. Kicking things off here. You know what that means. It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, at least for a limited time, still remaining. But more important, more important than the free book, more important than anything else, I believe, is your ability to stay connected to us there in the high-altitude community. By the way, when you hear the term high-altitude, what does that represent to you? When you think about it, what does it mean? When you think about high-altitude, does it, does, it, does, it does it elicit a feeling for you? Let me tell you where the term high-altitude really came from because – it's key and essential to understand really what you're getting into when you go to flywithjt.com. When I flew as a U.S. Navy pilot, you start off learning the rudimentary stuff, right? You learn about weather, you learn about navigation, you learn about aerodynamics, you learn about all the stuff you got to know as a pilot. And there's a lot of stuff to know. But what's interesting is it was something that clicked right away was there's a difference between an amateur pilot, meaning somebody who goes out, gets their pilot's license, maybe flies on the weekends, flies when the weather's nice. There's a difference between that style of pilot and a professional pilot, somebody who does it for a living, who flies no matter what the weather looks like, flies all kinds of different you know, profiles and platforms and things like this. One thing that really hit me was the differentiation between a professional and somebody who does it kind of as a hobbyist. As an aviator, you learn everything you can about aviation, about flying about the rules and regulations, because there are a lot of rules. People talk about how great it would be to have flying cars. To me, I think that would be disastrous. Because in order to fly something, to get it off the ground and maneuver it through the sky, requires a higher level of training and qualification. And believe it or not, there's even iterations of qualifications and training required to be a pilot. So when you become more qualified to fly at the higher altitudes, that enables you to do things that the sort of amateur pilot can't do. When you get an instrument rating, you can fly above 18,000 feet. Flight level 180, as we call it. That's where you start getting into the IFR only or instrument flight rules only stages or, or altitudes. When you fly high, it enables you to fly above the obstructions. 
you fly above the trees, you fly above the buildings, you fly above the power lines and the phone lines, you fly above the mountains. When you fly at a high altitude, you can sometimes fly above the weather, or at least give you more area to maneuver around something like a thunderstorm, which can reach way up into the stratosphere. When you fly at a high altitude, you can see, you can see great distances. You can see across state lines, maybe even, maybe even international lines, depending on where you're flying, especially in, in Europe. But I think the most important part about flying high is that you can actually harness, you can harness the, the weather itself. You can harness the, the environment. You can get yourself into that jet stream, and that's where the aircraft itself is being carried by these extremely fast winds. The aircraft operates more efficiently. The engine doesn't have to work as hard because the air is thinner. There's a lot of reasons why flying high makes sense for a pilot. But as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as somebody who's committed to living a high-performance life, you want to have that high-altitude approach. You want to be thinking about flying above the obstructions, flying above the drama, flying above the limitations that we sometimes put on ourselves. Sometimes the limitations that we are encumbered by because of the, the, the environment we're in, the job we're in, the people we're surrounded by. When we take on that high-altitude mentality, we fly above all that. We find solutions. We can actually see the target. We can see the destination better the higher we fly. I've had people ask me about my tagline, fly high, fly fast, fly far. Where did I come up with that? What did I have to do? And to be completely transparent, that whole tagline came to me in a flash of inspiration. It wasn't something that I thought you know, long and hard about. It wasn't something that I wrote on a whiteboard and went through many iterations of. It literally came to me in one, one shot. It was just this, this shot that came to me while I was writing my book, Flight Plan of Success. Fly high obviously means to fly high. Fly fast means success loves speed. One thing that I love doing is helping people get from that place of fear and indecision into that place of decision, and then from the place of decision into the place of execution and demonstration. Really important. And I want to talk to you today about how we're going to do that, some ways that you can start seeking out a particular resource, a specific resource to help you do that. But I wanted to kind of give you some backstory as to what high altitude means. When we talk about the high altitude community, we're talking about people that you surround yourself with who are thinking and behaving and acting in a different way than most people do. You align yourself with high-altitude people and fly in our formation. It will absolutely help you achieve more of what you want from your business, your career, and your life. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Stay connected to us there in the high-altitude community. Now, today I want to talk, to talk to you about something that's near and dear to my heart because it's been a cornerstone of my business for a very long time, but it's also been something that I have been doing without even realizing I've been doing it for most of my life. You've probably heard the term coach, and depending on the context of that term coach, it can mean a lot of different things to different people. In sports, we have a coach who calls the plays, who prepares their team or their players, and helps sort of drive the game and the game plan. In business, we can have a business coach. That business coach helps us go to the next level in our performance. A high-performance coach helps us figure out how we can operate better as human beings, as individuals. You can have a writing coach to help you write a book. You can have uh, you know, a fitness coach to help you go to that next level in your fitness and so on and so forth. You can even have marriage coaches and, and, and I've heard of uh, spiritual coaches. 
but the challenge that I've seen over the last, you know, 11 years or so is that the term coach has started to become bastardized. It's become diluted and watered down. A lot of sort of, you know, come, come, you know, Johnny come lately type people or Joni come lately type people, they'll go off, get a certification. And now all of a sudden they're Dominey, they're a coach, even though they've never actually done anything to help people. Or even worse, you'll get people in a sales organization that call themselves coaches, success coaches, when really their only uh, motivation is to get that person to, to make a purchase. So we should just call those people salespeople, call them what it is. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't see why we would worry about calling them a salesperson or a sales professional. But the term coach has sort of become this... Uh, just this diluted, this diluted title. So let's step away from what the title is and talk about what the responsibility of the position holds. If you're a coach or if you're seeking a coach, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a mindset coach, or whether it's an athletic coach, whatever kind of coach you need, if there's an area of your life that you're looking to improve upon, to hone your skills, to refine your process and get yourself to that next level of performance... I want you to pay close attention because there's eight things that you should be looking for in a coach. More importantly, if you are a coach or if you're looking to lead other people, this conversation truly is a leadership conversation. We're going to be talking about eight traits of great coaches. Now, I have to ask your help. There's something that I kind of need from the high-altitude community. Those of you that listen and have been paying attention for a long time, this content that I'm going to be sharing with you today, I actually took notes on about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. I read an article online, and for the life of me, I don't recall what the title of the article was or who wrote it, but I do remember it came from a university sports program. I want to say it was a football program, but I don't remember who authored it, and I don't actually remember the exact title. And the way I've got it written down, I've had this on my, on my you know, board in my office where I, where I conduct business. I've had it up there ever since. I call it the eight traits of great coaches. And as I go through these, you're going to hear that there are certain languages that, that really do apply to sports, but I'm going to make it more generalized so that we can apply it to business, career, life, not just sports. So if any of this sounds familiar to you, reach out to me. Let me know, hey, this is the source, that, that particular article you're seeking or thinking about that you referenced. Here's the article because I would love to give credit where credit's due, but frankly, I don't remember who, who wrote this. And it's kind of odd for me not to, to keep notes on that because I love to give credit where credit's due. But I'm going to give you these eight traits, and I'm also going to give you my take on it. So I'll give you kind of my perspective of what I've done as a professional coach over the last several years, and more importantly, what I've done as a coach even before I became a paid coach. The reason why anybody would want a coach is to improve their performance. Every top performer has a coach. doesn't matter what their industry is. doesn't matter what their field is. People that want to execute better, that want to get better results, know there's a limit to where they can take themselves, not because they're limited, not because the individual is not enough. In fact, if anything, they are enough. They need that third-party perspective to help them dig it out, to refine it out. The way I like to think of it is this. Think of your best self as a sidewalk in a snowstorm. When the snow falls overnight, you come out of your house and you see that the sidewalk is covered in snow. You don't say to yourself, there is no sidewalk. Let's go call the cement truck and lay a new sidewalk. What you say is, I've got to get the shovel out and shovel that sidewalk so that I can find it and have a safe passage. And that's literally what a coach does. The coach acts as a snow shovel. They are able to, to shovel away those layers that have covered up 
made invisible that greatness that's inside of us. That's why it's so powerful. One of the great joys I have working in the field of coaching as a professional coach is the ability to help people shovel away those layers, to help them get from fear to decision and from decision into action, execution, and demonstration. When we demonstrate things, we actually live it, live it by example. It's not just some platitude. We're not just talking about, oh, this is what we would do or could do or what we should do. It's what we actually do. We walk the walk. That's what, call, that's what demonstration is. The eight traits of great coaches are things that I want you to look for. And if you're a coach or if you're a leader, if you're leading other people in your teams, if you're leading people in your community, even if you're leading your family, these are eight things you can do. First one is to lead by example. Now, a moment ago, I was talking about demonstration. I say this, I love that word because to me, it has a, a very deep-seated meaning in excellence. When I was a kid growing up, I wanted to be a Blue Angel, United States Navy Blue Angels. And when you hear the term Blue Angel, most people understand that's the, the Blue Jets, the Navy fly in formation. They do all kinds of great, you know, dynamic tricks and, and uh, you know, a- aerial maneuvers in fighter jets. But that's their nickname. The Blue Angels is their nickname. Their official title is the United States Navy Flight Demonstration Team. Why? Because they don't talk about philosophy, They don't philosophize on, this is how an aircraft should be flown. They don't promote, they don't make a bunch of, you know, false claims about how aircraft can be or should be flown. They demonstrate through action by leading through example. To me, I believe that's what leaders, all great leaders have to do. We have to lead by example. We have to demonstrate through our actions, not just our words, not just our philosophies, not just platitudes, but we demonstrate what it means to be great, what it means to be a leader. And that's what a great coach is. A great coach is a leader. They lead by example. One of the most important shifts that you can make in your business, your career, and your life is to begin leading by example and to seek those people. If you're going to pay somebody to be a great coach, hire the people that lead by example, not the people that read a bunch of books and got a certification and now they've got this piece of paper to prove that they are a coach, but rather somebody who's been living their word, somebody who's actually been in the cockpit flying the mission. That's who you want on your team. Doesn't matter what they charge, doesn't matter what the cost is, those people will come back and give you the value, the ROI, 10 times, tenfold what you pay. But you gotta have somebody who leads by example. And if you're a leader, it's not about talking, it's not about giving orders, it's about leading by example. Number two is to share the game plan. Now, again, as I'd mentioned, this might sound more sports oriented, but it's very much oriented toward anything in business, life, career. If you have a game plan, a plan of attack, if you're going to execute a mission, you have to share that plan. As an aviator, that was my primary task in the pre-flight brief, was to, was to share the, the flight plan with the crew so everybody understood so we were on the same page of music. And now as an entrepreneur, I still do that with my teams, with my clients, to share the game plan of where we can go from where they are to where they want to be to formulate a strategic game plan, to demonstrate how we're going to get there, is what people really need. If right now you're stuck at a plateau in your performance or you're stuck in your mindset, you're stuck in in whatever it is, you want to be seeking people out that can demonstrate to you a plan to get there. Now, does that mean that they're going to give you from point A to point B necessarily? They might, but is that totally necessary? Not entirely. It might sometimes be more powerful for them to empower you to come up with parts of the plan. 
One methodology that I teach in my, in my course, Flight School to Success, is to come up with five to ten critical steps to get you from where you are to where you want to be, and I walk my clients through this process. It's a process that we go through, and but the key to it is, is to realize that there aren't just going to be five to ten critical steps. They're called critical steps because those are the steps that have to be in place. Realize that between any one of those five to ten steps, there might be five to ten more steps that fill in the blanks. It's almost like building a fence. You've got the main posts. Those are your five to ten critical steps. But then you've got the planks in between that actually create the fence itself. Those become the fill-in steps. And those oftentimes show up as you're taking action, as you're implementing the plan itself. So you don't have to have all the answers before you get going, but you do have to have some form of an idea of a plan before you launch. That level of preparation gives you clarity, gives you certainty, gives you the confidence to move forward. And that's what a great coach does. They share that game plan. Next, coaches coach the person, not just the athlete. You coach the person, not just the executive. You coach the person, not just the employee. You coach the person, not just the client. My clients come to me, oftentimes they, wanna, they want to increase revenue. They want to expand their brand. They want to build their business or they want to launch their business. A lot of times it's a, if it's a corporate client, they want their teams to operate in lockstep with one another. They want to grow their market share. But it's not always about the nuts and bolts of business. You know, it's not always about writing the book, launching the program. It's not always about taking over a market share in a, in a competitive industry. They, the, the client typically knows how to do that. They're more of an expert in their field than I could ever dream to be. And as a great coach, you have to understand that. You have to have enough of a, you have to put your ego aside and have enough humility to understand you don't have all the answers. Sometimes all you have to do is flip the light switch on. I like to believe that that's what a great coach does is flip the light switch on, meaning you coach the student, you coach the person, not just the position they're in. Because they have the positional expertise typically to do well, but what they need is that person to kind of dive in and, and touch their heart, touch their soul, get inside their psyche to help them become more of who they are, to refine out the stuff that isn't working for them, to shovel the sidewalk, as we were talking about a moment ago. Next is the ability to communicate effectively. Great coaches communicate effectively. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's yes and no answers. Sometimes that's what they need. Sometimes the client, the customer, the athlete, whomever it is, they just need simple point directions. But other times, they need a coach that can be authentic and real. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say sometimes. All the time, you've got to be authentic and real. But sometimes you've got to become very vulnerable and share parts of your own journey with them. Now, it doesn't mean you do this all the time. I see this being a great mistake that some uh, rookie uh, or newer, uh, you know, uh, up-and-coming coaches make. They spend too much time injecting themselves into the story or injecting themselves into the lesson. And while it's a very powerful thing to do, it takes masterful communication to help somebody get to that next level in their performance. So remember this. To be a great coach means to be a great communicator. And to be a great communicator means to listen to be vulnerable, to be willing to share, and also be willing to admit when you don't have the answers, pull back and say, let me think about this or let me reach out to, to a colleague and see what we can do to get you the answers you need. Because ultimately, a coach or any leader is there to create solutions and provide answers, or at least to help their client, their customer, their, their, their team to find those answers within themselves, to empower them to become solution providers 
for themselves, not to keep them enabled, not to keep them, you know, sort of feeding from your hand. That's not what a great coach does. And I've seen quote unquote coaches do this in fear of their own pocketbook or fear of their own career. They try to keep people sucked in. That's not what a great coach does. A decent salesperson could do that, and that's not a hit on salespeople. But like I said, there's a difference between coaches and, and, and a true authentic coach and some of these fly-by-night coaches. So it's about communicating effectively. Next is to keep your eye on the ball. Remember why we're here. One of the most important gifts that I believe a coach provides or should provide is keeping a client or a team or the person that they're charged to, to work with on track. Because that's exactly what they want from you. If they could do it for themselves, they would have. It doesn't mean they're lazy. It doesn't mean they're unfocused necessarily. It, what it means is that they need somebody to guide them and to keep them locked on. Like being, It's as if they're being a lighthouse for them, acting as a lighthouse in a storm. They act as that Polaris, that North Star to help them navigate from where they are to where they want to be. So keeping your eye on the ball is key and essential as a leader and as a coach. To be able to do that for somebody else is a gift. That's why it's something that you got to look for. And if you're looking for a coach, look for somebody who has that ability to keep you. And it's not about tenacity all the time. It's not always about relentless follow-through. That's on you. That's on the client. But for the coach to be able to demonstrate where you are being relentless in the direction of. So you're not just out there chasing your tail or going off into um, a tangent that's not going to get you to the results you want. Sixth is to be a game changer. Now, this is important. I want you to pay close attention to what I mean by this. Being a game changer means being innovative, thinking outside the box, not overthinking, not being overly creative, not being too cute with it, but it's not about regurgitating things. Now, I love certification programs. I think they're powerful. I've, I'm developing some right now for folks to, to become flight school to success coaches. But there's a part where I empower my – in fact, I demand that my coaches – think outside the box to develop solutions for their clients, for our clients, that aren't necessarily written into the curriculum of the coaching program. You see, a great coach isn't just reading from a checklist. They're coming from and tapping into their life experience, where they've been in the past, how they've created solutions, some of the most challenging times they've been through. So maybe it's a heartbreaking time. Maybe it's something that, that most people would look at and think, oh, my gosh, like a, like a divorce or uh, perhaps uh, you know, a bankruptcy, for instance, or a business failure. They look at that and think, I don't want to share that with anybody. Well, a great coach can be a game changer by demonstrating their depth of experience by going through those tough times. That's why it's so important to have people in your life that have been through, been through and waded through the swamps, the tough times, the storms, because they have the, not just the muscle, but they have the mental capacity to be able to help you create your own solutions through your own storms, through your own swamps. Next is to push for what they call peak performance. Now, in the article, it says push for peak performance. I'm not a fan of peak performance. I'm a fan of raising your baseline. Because peak performance is something that can be an adrenaline rush, right? All of a sudden, a car falls on a small child. You see, you hear about the, the, the mother who elicits the great superhuman strength to lift the car off the child. That's peak performance. And yes, there are times in our careers, in our businesses, even in our own lives, when we have to get to a level of peak performance. But what I suggest is finding a way to elevate your baseline. That is where a, where a great coach helps people create sustainable success, sustainable results, predictable results even.
It doesn't mean that they hit a certain level and that's where they stay. There are going to be times where the performance dips for sure. But what you're talking about is the average, the mean average of the person's show up, you know, their, what, what their performance is on a daily basis. It doesn't mean that they're at their best all the time. And that's what peak performance sort of alludes to. What we're talking about is pushing a person to a level where their baseline is higher than most people's peak. That's where you create very competitive, very awesome individuals and teams. And finally, one of the single most important traits of great coaches, if not great leaders, is humility. Staying humble. Staying humble in the face of victory. Staying humble even in the face of defeat. Not allowing our ego to get in the way or not allowing ourselves to become the superhero. I've had quote-unquote coaches that are, you know, sort of, they want to take credit for any kind of victory or success. I tried to tell you, they would say if things went wrong, and, oh, I always knew you could do it, and aren't you glad I did that helped you do this? That's not what a coach does. A great coach knows that when you succeed, it was that they opened the door for you and that you still had the courage and, and the vision and the capacity to walk through that door. Remember that. Because as you succeed, they are your victories. It's great to lean on and to be you know, grateful for your coaches. It's another thing to remember that you had a huge play in it. When you succeed in your business, a business coach or a great coach, any kind of coach, performance coach, should be there to say, I always believed in you. Congratulations. And, and have that be enough. Because as you are moving through the pipeline of your success, as you're moving up the, the ladder of your own success, you want to have that humility transfer onto you. So having a coach that believes in themselves, they have the confidence, that's great. The gravitas is not a problem. But you also want somebody who's humble. And I think humility is one of the great keystone traits of awesome coaches. If you look at any of the great coaches, they have a level of humility. Sure, they might have a little bit of ego and a little bit of swagger, but they're not led by that. They have the, they have the humility to know that they are not the be-all, end-all, and that their teams, their individuals that they lead are there, they're strong, and they're pulling that strength out of them, helping them be more of who they were here to be. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.